0: Chapter 15 of Aunt Jane's Nieces in Society This is a LibriVox recording all LibriVox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer Please visit LibriVox.org Recording by Lynn Thompson Aunt Jane's Nieces in Society by L. Frank Baum Chapter 15 a bewildering experience when Louise Merrick entered the brown limousine, which she naturally supposed to belong to Arthur Weldon, she had not the faintest suspicion of any evil in her mind. Indeed, the girl was very happy this especial evening, although tired with her duties at the Kermesse. A climax in her young life had arrived, and she greeted it joyously, believing she loved Arthur well enough to become his wife. Now that the engagement had been announced to their immediate circle of friends She felt as proud and elated as any young girl has a right to be under the circumstances Added to this pleasant event was the social triumph she and her cousins had enjoyed at the Kermesse Where Louise especially had met with rare favor? The fashionable world had united in being most kind and considerate to the dainty attractive young debutante And only Diana had seemed to slight her This was not surprising in view of the fact that Diana evidently wanted Arthur for herself And there was some satisfaction in winning a lover who was elsewhere in prime demand In addition to all this the little dance that concluded the evening's entertainment had been quite delightful And all things conspired to put Louise in a very contented frame of mind Still fluttering with the innocent excitements of the hour the girl went to join Arthur without a fear of impending misfortune she did not think of Charlie Mershone at all He had been annoying and impertinent and she had rebuked him and sent him away cutting him out of her life altogether Perhaps she ought to have remembered that she had mildly flirted with Diana's cousin and given him opportunity for the impassioned speeches She resented but Louise had a girlish idea that there was no harm in flirting considering it a feminine license she saw young Mershone at the kermess that evening paying indifferent attentions to other women and ignoring her and was sincerely glad to have done with him for good and all She obeyed readily the man who asked her to be seated in the limousine Arthur would be with her in a minute he said When the door closed and the car started she had an impulse to cry out But next moment controlled it and imagined they were to pick up mr. Weldon on some corner on and on they rolled, and still no evidence of the owner of the limousine. What could it mean? Louise began to wonder. Had something happened to Arthur so that he had been forced to send her home alone? As the disquieting thought came, she tried to speak with the chauffeur, but could not find the tube. The car was whirling along rapidly. The night seemed very dark, only a few lights twinkled here and there outside. Suddenly the speed slackened there was a momentary pause and then the machine slowly rolled upon a wooden platform a Bell clanged there was a whistle and the sound of revolving water wheels Louise decided they must be upon a ferry boat and became alarmed for the first time The man in livery now opened the door as if to reassure her Where are we where is mr. Weldon inquired the girl almost hysterically? He's on the boat miss and will be with you shortly now replied the man very respectfully Mr.. Weldon is very sorry to have annoyed you miss Merrick, but says he will soon explain everything so that you will understand why he left you With this he quietly closed the door again although Louise was eager to ask a dozen more questions Prominent was the query why they should be on a ferry boat instead of going directly home She knew the hour must be late But while these questions were revolving in her mind she still suspected no plot against her Liberty She must perforce wait for Arthur to explain his queer conduct So she sat quietly enough in her place awaiting his coming while the ferry puffed steadily across the river to the Jersey Shore The stopping of the boat aroused Louise from her reflections Arthur not here yet voices were calling outside Vehicles were noisily leaving their positions on the boat to clatter across the platforms, but there was no sign of Arthur. Again Louise tried to find the speaking tube. Then she made an endeavour to open the door, although just then the car started with a jerk that flung her back against the cushions. The knowledge that she had been grossly deceived by her conductor at last had the effect of arousing the girl to a sense of her danger. Something must be wrong. Something was decidedly wrong and fear crept into her heart She pounded on the glass windows with all her strength and shouted as loudly as she could but all to no avail Swiftly the limousine whirled over the dusky road and either her voice could not be heard through the glass cage in which she was Confined or there was no one near who was willing to hear or to rescue her She now realized how wrong she had been to sit idly during the trip across the ferry where a score of passengers would gladly have assisted her. How cunning her captors had been to lull her fears during that critical period! Now, alas, it was too late to cry out, and she had no idea where she was being taken or the reason of her going. Presently it occurred to her that this was not Arthur's limousine at all. There was no speaking-tube, for one thing. Presently it occurred to her that this was not Arthur's limousine at all. There was no speaking-tube, for one thing. She leaned forward and felt for the leathern pocket in which she kept a veil and her street-gloves. No pocket of any sort was to be found. An unreasoning terror now possessed her. She knew not what to fear, yet feared everything. She made another attempt to cry aloud for help, and then fell back unconscious on the cushions. How long she lay in the faint, she did not know but when she recovered, the limousine was still rattling forward at a brisk gait, but bumping over ruts in a manner that indicated a country road. Through the curtains she could see little but the black night, although there was a glow ahead cast by the searchlights of the car. Louise was weak and unnerved. She had no energy to find a way to combat her fate, if such a way were possible. A dim thought of smashing a window and hurling herself through it Gave her only a shudder of repulsion She lacked strength for such a desperate attempt on 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 would the dreary journey never end? How long must she sit and suffer before she could know her fate or at least find some explanation of the dreadful mystery of this wild midnight ride? At last when she had settled down to a dull despair the car came to a paved road and began to move more slowly it even stopped once or twice as if the driver were not sure of his way. But they kept moving nevertheless and before long entered a driveway. There was another stop now and a long wait. Louise lay dismally back upon the cushions, sobbing hysterically into her dripping handkerchief. The door of her prison at last opened and a light shone in upon her here we are miss said the man in uniform still in quiet respectful tones shall i assist you to alight she started up eagerly her courage returning with a bound stepping unassisted to the ground she looked around her in bewilderment the car stood before the entrance to a modest country house there was a light in the hall and another upon the broad porch around the house a mass of trees and shrubbery loomed dark and forbidding where am i Demanded louise drawing back haughtily as the man extended a hand toward her at your destination miss was the answer will you please enter No Not until I have an explanation of this this singular high-handed proceeding she replied firmly Then she glanced at the house the hall door had opened and a woman stood peering anxiously at the scene outside With sudden resolve Louise sprang up the steps and approached her any woman she felt in this emergency was a welcome refuge Who are you she asked eagerly and why have I been brought here? Mademoiselle will come inside please said the woman with a foreign accent. It is cold in the night air n'est-ce pas? She turned to lead the way inside While Louise hesitated to follow the limousine started with a roar from its cylinders and disappeared down the driveway the two men going with it The absence of the lamps rendered the darkness around the solitary house rather uncanny an intense stillness prevailed except for the diminishing rattle of the receding motor car in the hall was a light and a woman Louise went in chapter fifteen